0: Consumer experiences, major disruptors, and AI tech are shaping healthcare for years to come. On Hello Healthcare, we dive deep on those issues with leaders who are driving change. I'm Chris Hempill, your host of Hello Healthcare, and we hope that these stories will help you to create or demand a better future in healthcare. Our first two seasons of Hello Healthcare are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our conversations with some of healthcare's most well-respected leaders in marketing, business strategy, data science, and much more. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, healthcare. I am excited about this conversation because we've just been talking about the intersection between The consumer journey, branding, the patient experience. Heather, I'm really happy to introduce, is Henry Ford Health's Chief Marketing and Consumer Experience Officer and Executive Vice President. So you're going to hear a lot more about her background, which she has been a uh, VP of Marketing at MSNBC and Marketing Leadership at Hyatt as well. And she's brought all kinds of interesting perspectives. There's been a lot of questions that I in healthcare and others in healthcare have had about how we should be approaching the consumer journey, about who owns the experience that's going to retain our patients versus the communications and things like that that are focused on outreach. How do we make sure that all the outreach that we're doing is then met with an experience that keeps people loyal to our health system? So we're going to get deeper into how healthcare can hopefully leapfrog the rest of the other industries in terms of the the experience we're delivering. Can we do it?
1: I think we can. I think we can. I think, you know, part of one of the things that's a huge opportunity, and thank you so much, Chris. It's really great being here with you today. Thank you. I think one of the amazing opportunities for healthcare is to really often Look outside of healthcare, like you said, and take inspiration because consumer expectations, consumer wants, consumer what surprises and delights a consumer. Those expectations, in particular, in the digital space, are not being set by other healthcare companies. You know, I think for a long time, you know, people have said, "Well, what are what are other healthcare organizations doing, and how do we match up?" But the reality is, when you think about how consumers are interacting, in particular, in digital through digital mediums, you know, you don't have a separate computer to book your doctor's appointment. Than you do to buy your plane ticket or to shop on Amazon, right? So when you think about the level of personalization and the insight that you want and the seamlessness of that journey, It's not like you have a different expectation as a consumer or as a patient of what you're going to get from your healthcare company than you do from everybody else. If everybody else can do it, why can't healthcare do it too? And so I do think that there's a whole new standard Mm -hmm. that's being set by the rise of consumerism that we would be smart to be aware of, and we would be smart to learn from, and we'd be smart to steal from Mm -hmm. as we think about how we can enhance the the experience for our patients and their families.
0: Well, the fact that you're here is proof that healthcare is eager to uh, steal these concepts and things like that. That are, that are working for other industries. Yeah. But one thing that I, I want to cover early on is in order to steal that effort and ability, healthcare really has to show that they're serious mm-hmm. about driving those types of experiences, yeah. which leads me to the next question is knowing the shortcomings and, and deficiencies in our, in, in our challenges and knowing that, you know, in, in other organizations, you're embedded in cultures that are used to doing kind of the, the right things around consumerism. What convince you to to make the switch?
1: Well, it's really interesting. I mean, I think one of the opportunities was how this role that I'm taking was structured. You know, understanding and owning marketing communications and experience. And I would say an expanded view of experience because experience has always been a critical part of healthcare, but often we talked about care experience. So how are we thinking about the interactions that happened within our care settings? We have an opportunity to think much more broadly about consumer experience, which really starts from the point that a consumer is About or seeking care, all the way through the care experience to post care. Right? How are we thinking about compliance? How are we thinking about building emotional, uh, you know, emotional connections based on wellness with our patients, even when we're not caring for them when they're sick? So, I loved the idea that this role was really integrated and focused on, on those opportunities. But I think. You know, when you think about the opportunity in healthcare to learn, there are we have so many advantages in healthcare, right? We have more data on our patients, you know, than most industries do on their customers. We have um, an opportunity to interact with them in meaningful ways. We have incredible analytics, obviously. We have a huge opportunity to be soliciting and eliciting feedback along the entire journey. Obviously, we have There are confines as it relates to privacy and regulatory issues. But I think even within that highly regulated space, we have a lot of opportunities, frankly, that other industries don't have. I think we need to figure out that the challenge, I think, is in some cases we have to reconfigure or realign how we engage um, versus uh, organizations that may have been able to build a consumer-centric experience from scratch.
0: You know, you, you bring up a really good point by bringing up the depth and breadth of data that we have on the people that we serve. And it leads me to a question, because at the beginning of the conversation we said the leapfrog is possible. Yeah. I guess what are some of the uses of data that you're looking to enable within healthcare to drive that experience?
1: Yeah, I think there's an opportunity for healthcare to be more intuitive, right? I think one of the challenges is that you know, a lot of times we're reactive right? A patient says that they need something, so we build it. A physician needs something, so we build it. How can we be more anticipatory about what patients need? And you can do that in a way that is very respectful of patient privacy, right? You have to understand trends. You have to use insights. And so I think that's another thing is um, at Henry Ford, we didn't really have a very robust consumer insights function. And so how are you really constantly getting that feedback directly from consumers about the experiences that you're creating and then using them to optimize? But it does require a level of, agility that I think is difficult in healthcare, maybe more difficult than in other industries. And I think you, you pointed that out. You know, a lot of times um, when you think about tech-forward industries or even consumer- industries like hospitality. The goal is to move quickly, to set it up and then optimize. I think in healthcare, we tend to want to make sure everything is perfect before we launch or move forward with new innovations. And I think there's an opportunity potentially to be more nimble. That is something that a healthcare organization should lean into and embrace, you know, kind of that more agile approach to both developing experiences and then optimizing them.
0: So another major component that we talked about beforehand was the recent rebrand. And I'm wondering if the rebrand might be a good case study.
1: Yeah, from the time we started to when we launched the brand, it was about a year. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at kind of overhauling a 105-year-old, 107-year-old brand in a year. And I had been in the organization, I think, six months before we started. Mm -hmm. So... I think it, it definitely can speak to agility, but you always, one of the things that we always wanted to make sure is that we weren't doing it in a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. We have so many really important stakeholders across our organization with incredible insights. And so throughout the process, we looked at always wanting to make sure we were doing a couple of things. One was educating being really clear inside and outside our organization about what the opportunity is for a brand. We actually started with a conversation about what is a brand. Mm -hmm. Because I think many people think about brand and they think about a logo or a tagline or an advertising campaign. And so we used, again, examples outside of healthcare, things like Nike or MasterCard Priceless or Apple to talk about what the power of a brand is in driving loyalty and engagement. And those are things that when you tell that story, people in healthcare are like, oh, and we could do that, Mm -hmm. right? Like we should think about it that way. So we started with this idea of education, how are we building foundation? We started in strategy and brand strategy. So we weren't changing a logo just to update a logo. It's because it connected back to a deeper brand promise Uh that spoke to the expectation we had for our teams inside and outside our organization. So there's an education, there's an informing about what you're doing that was really important, and then engaging, really making sure that we are engaging along the process, that people felt a part of it, that they understood the why behind we were doing it, that everything felt purposeful. And I think most importantly, that they saw themselves and their experience reflected in the brand. And that is the intersectionality between brand and experience. We've said from the very beginning when we started with a brand promise that that really is about what we strive to do on our best day, how we show up for our patients, how we show up for our team members, and everything we do subsequently has to feel true to that promise.
0: So there's there's kind of an arc that I want to go down here because you're talking about the experience and ha- uh, having people show up at their best and also talking about the brand. Yeah. But I have to ask, what is a brand?
1: I think a brand, when I think about a brand, a brand is not a logo or a tagline. It's how you connect in a meaningful, emotional way. And to an organization, to a product, to a cause, to a value, it's about building that deeper, sustained connection that feels highly personal, that is motivating, that I talk about outside of healthcare, we use language like it drives irrational loyalty, Mm. which means that somebody is willing to go out of their way when I was at Hyatt, we would talk about you'd be willing to drive farther to stay at a Hyatt hotel, even though there was a Sheridan or a Marriott right down the street, right? That's brand loyalty because it says something about you that there's rewards and benefits associated with it. We don't really necessarily think about it in healthcare. Certainly when you think about things like tertiary and quaternary care, you go out of your way for the best care. But how do you build those loyalties and relationship that turns your patients and team members into evangelists that are almost indescribable in words? It's about a feeling. And I think that's hard because we always talk about outcomes. Outcomes are very tangible, Mm -hmm. right? Creating feelings as a goal and that level of sustained engagement is not necessarily something you talk about, but it is the power of brand that complements and helps drive and reinforce the outcomes that you deliver in your clinical care settings.
0: And that's a great point because if we think about outcomes, that's a goal, but it's still a portion of a larger journey. We're not done once we receive care. And that really guides me to the next question, which is, I said earlier that we struggle with things like understanding consumer journeys and things like that could you t- talk about how the rebrand relates to consumer journey, or I guess some of the more recent thinking that you've introduced around, like, how do we approach a consumer journey?
1: If a brand is about a promise and creating an expectation, then your experience has to deliver on that at every point. If you say that our brand promise at Henry Ford is to be your relentless advocate in making the impossible possible, if we don't do that, you may still have a great outcome, but if your experience, you don't feel that, that if we didn't make you believe that that promise is true, true in how we delivered care to you, then we're not capitalizing on that experience in the way that we could. I do think the other thing about brand is often people think about it externally facing. They think about it in terms of the patients and the families and the communities we serve, which is really important. But your brand has to be true inside an organization, right? And especially at a time when healthcare and the labor market is so competitive, where we all want to attract the best talent. We want them to stay. We want them to say, I want to be a part of Henry Ford. When they're looking, at what health system they could align themselves with or where they want to seek a job. They want to say, I want to be a part of Henry Ford. The reason why they say that is usually related to culture and culture is related to brand. And so I think that that's a really important part of this, especially coming out of COVID, is how do we really make sure that those brand promises ring true within our organization and connect back to that culture that we hope to develop and grow amongst our team members? You
0: know, something that you said in there really resonated because like a lot of vision statements and mission statements, I see a lot of the same thing, deliver yeah. the best care. But in a world where everybody's saying that, but most consumers wouldn't say that they've had the ideal experience it becomes a question of like, how do we actually deliver that best care and how do we make people feel seen and heard by their healthcare providers? Yeah. When, when you said being a relentless advocate for our constituents, for our patients, was, is that part of the brand promise? That-
1: yeah, I mean, uh, so our brand promise has two parts. It's your relentless advocate in making the impossible possible. Relentless advocacy speaks to the approach that we take to the experience about never giving up, about heroism at scale, about, you know, really making sure that everything we do, it's about the kind of grit and perseverance that's, I think, a really important part of our history at Henry Ford. But then there's also this idea of making the impossible possible, which is about a little bit of that magic that's in healthcare, about that unexpected surprise and delight, right? And so, you know, the reality is, unfortunately, we can't say. Everybody. Mm-hmm. We don't save everybody. We don't have cures to everything. But if in those moments and in those experiences we're driving reconsideration about what a relationship with a healthcare provider or a healthcare system or a healthcare organization could and should be, then we've won. And so I think that is something that we felt was really, really powerful, that it was motivating for our teams. And it is about kind of establishing a new standard as to how we think about an experience.
0: Hello Healthcare is brought to you by Actium Health. Healthcare leaders use Actium's CRM intelligence to drive patient volume by activating patients and driving meaningful engagement. Our AI-driven solution makes patient outreach simple and easy by identifying and predicting patient needs. Learn more at actiumhealth.com. And now, back to the show. What are some of the experience changes that you've been able to champion or or introduce with these new efforts?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. I think one, you know, I hired a woman named Deb Zirton, who's my VP of consumer. Well, first of all, we changed her title, right? It used to be care experience. It's now it's consumer insights and experience, really showing that we were bringing insights and analytics to the forefront of how we think about experience. So, you know, bringing in the right talent. She has a background at Disney for whom obviously experience is critically important and thinking about the right tools to help guide and empower people to own their experience. So there's a huge opportunity for us to think about that. I do think we're thinking more thoroughly about the healthcare journey. And everything we've started, we kind of put a pause on some of the experience work and first mapped our entire journey, both our existing journey and what we see as our optimal journey. Then we looked at how are we collecting data and insights along that journey? What do we know along the process that can help us inform and optimize it? And we saw that there were gaps or there were places where we had data in different sources that weren't talking to each other, or we weren't seeing a complete picture of what that experience could look like or could be. And so we kind of mapped that. And then the third thing was thinking about how do we get the data and insights at those key places that we need to be able to impact change right? To be able to think about things like service recovery in the moment. So if somebody's having a bad experience, we don't wait until they get home three weeks later and we send them a survey to find out they had a bad experience. How can we fix it in the moment and empower our care teams and support our care teams in doing so? But then also, how are we thinking about the connectivity between the scheduling experience and the arrival experience, right? The digital experience and the on-property, you know, uh, in, in clinic experience and building those relationships and cultivating teamwork and between our operational teams and our digital teams and our clinical teams and our care experience teams. And so we've built a lot of cross-functional working groups who are all aligned around the same mission of optimizing that care journey and using that care journey to, to design interventions who are working together to build collaborative solutions.
0: Excellent. Well, there's two questions that are going to be key here, which would be, how were you all able to work together? And we're talking about massive change, changing the way that we're doing things. What was the glue that got everybody to to be able to unite and start delivering on some of these things?
1: Well, I mean, I think There's a couple of things. There's obviously the opportunity to advance the brand, right? That feels a little soft to some (laughs) people in healthcare to strengthen the power of our brand, you know, to make, to build that stickiness. That's a little long tail. The reality is really understanding consumer experience is good business. Right? It is really important in making sure that if somebody wants to, is looking for an appointment, that we get them in as quickly as possible, right? About making sure that we're not losing people along the journey. And that's what happens, right? There are lots of off ramps in that consumer journey where if something goes wrong, we lose them. And in highly competitive healthcare environments, there's going to be somebody else there who's going to pick them up. And as an integrated healthcare system, you know, we have lots of opportunities to connect with people. So how are we thinking more seamlessly about it? So I think when you can talk about experience, experience through the lens of, yes, it is important in terms of building your brand. Yes, it's important in driving growth, but it's also good business and it helps us continue to do the things that we want to do from a mission, purpose and value standpoint. It very quickly gets people on board.
0: Excellent. and We have these people on board and it's been almost a two-year two-year process. I'm wondering about now, looking into how we're measuring success, how we're thinking about what our, I guess, our KPIs are, yeah. are there uh, some metrics that have emerged that, that you think are important that, yeah. that help release? Really- yeah, I mean,
1: I think we always look at, you know, you look at things like HG caps and CG caps and, you know, those scores that we've typically used to define experience, and there's certainly opportunities to optimize that, but we're actually looking at kind of an overall experience score. And how are we, if we say that these are the things that we pledge to do, how are we standing up against them? So we've done a lot of work in building our own what we call EPS model, right, to really say, are we delivering on the performance expectations of our patients? Are we continuing to see driving growth? Are we making sure that we're addressing, you know, access issues um, in ways that we can seamlessly through, you know, digital tools and thinking about things like direct scheduling? What
0: does EPS stand
1: for? EPS is what we what we call our experience performance score. So, uh, okay. you know, NPS is a number that a lot of people use. We've developed what we call an EPS, which we feel is is like a kind of a more end-to-end metric Mm -hmm. that really looks at a weighted score, weighing input and data from across the entire patient journey. Because I think part of the challenge when we just looked at, for example, care experience scores, is people who weren't directly connected to the care experience was like, well, how can I impact the patient experience? Mm -hmm. When you think more thoroughly along the entire journey, hopefully everybody can see a role that they play in their function to helping to support that journey. And so that's a lot of work that we've done on the measurement and metric front to evaluate how we're doing and to motivate teams with really clear interventions and things that they can do to help support and enhance patient experience.
0: Are there any examples of leaders looking at that EPS score? and the, like what are yeah, some of the Yeah, it's been
1: incredibly well received across the organization. You know, I think in particular, part of the challenge we had was a little bit of a data lag, right? When you just look at surveys, and especially post-care surveys, like you're three, four, five, six weeks out from when the care actually happened. So a lot of it was speculation. People were looking back and were saying, well, what happened during that period? Was that the time when we had visitor restrictions? Was that the time when the OR was closed? You know, trying to figure out why we were seeing a dip or a raise in score. This is so much more actionable, right? It really does allow us in the moment to be getting data that it helps us really work with our teams on interventions along the way. And so leaders, I mean, knowledge is power, right? Data is power. And when you have access to those kinds of insights in closer to real time, it does allow us to be much more nimble and flexible in in not only ascertaining where there are challenges, but also being able to monitor where interventions are making a difference.
0: Excellent. Well, I've got to say, I'm really impressed to, to hear how y'all are using metrics and figuring out a way to tell a story around them. Because, mm-hmm. again, we began with the conversation talking about the fact that there's so much data within healthcare. Yeah. But at the same time, it can be extremely difficult to access and make sense of if your EPIC implementation has like 58,000 tables, like yeah. where would we put our focus? Yeah. And this EPS uh, score, it really sounds like a way to, to bring all that and unify Well, it.
1: and the other thing that you realize is like sometimes, I mean, it's the same thing, again, taking lessons from outside of healthcare. When you go into the bathroom at the airport and you are leaving the bathroom, there's a little thing there that says, is this bathroom clean? And it has a smiley face or a yellow face or a red face. And it, and you're just asking, right? And I don't know how many people actually do that. But you get credit sometimes for asking. And I think part of what we've realized, too, is, yes, there's critical data we need to be able to make change at the operational level. But sometimes there's also a patient benefit to more frequently saying are you doing okay Did we do a good job, right? It shows that you understand that that's important to them Mm -hmm. and it shows a sustained commitment to making change and to taking those insights. Now, you then need to take that and actually do something with it. But things like simple polls and getting feedback along the journey can really help us do that. So we're looking at how are we thinking about polling and feedback in our digital and our web experience? How are we thinking about using it in room in in inpatient settings, right? Just simple surveys on a, a television screen to ask people how their experience is doing and certainly post stay and is really important so tons of opportunity. And as you said, a lot of these tools already exist. This functionality is not necessarily new, but it is thinking about how you're connecting the dots, both for patients and for your care teams.
0: Yeah, the technology exists, but there has to be a cultural element as well.
1: There is, and I think part of this is, it's very hard to overhaul and you don't want to boil the ocean, right? And so I think what even as we think about this journey, we're, we're piloting different interventions at different points of the journey that we're going to get more data that's going to allow us to optimize and scale. But When you can show how you can impact change at one part of the journey, it gets you permission to do more and do more and do more. And it builds, to your point, an organizational alignment around why this is important, why it's empowering, and how people can be and should be using this data moving forward in their own work, right? People need to see this as a benefit to what they do, and it allows us to tell that story.
0: Well, hey, I got to say, I'm very glad that you made the leap into uh, healthcare because it gives me the opportunity to ask in the midst of a two-year effort overhauling the experience and and, and consumer journey, again, there's so many other people that that would be excited to to be able to drive that kind of change, but they might not have the organizational support mm-hmm. to do it. So. Do you have any thoughts for folks out there that want to establish metrics like that but might not be getting the the best support for uh, from their own teams?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. You know, one of the things when I was at MSNBC, I had an opportunity to do a program through Columbia University that really was about how helping news leaders right drive business outcomes. And, and one of the things that I learned in that forum was about change management. How do you create cultural change in an organization? And there were kind of three things that were really important, and they're called DVP. So one is dissatisfaction, right? People don't want to change things unless they know that it's broken. And right? if everything's fine, what is the impetuous for making a change? So you have to be able to really clearly help people understand what is possible. Right? Either what is broken, and often the things that are broken people see, but they don't have the solutions, but how do you really make sure that people are understanding the potential of what this investment could look like? The second is about process. So there has to be a clear plan of how are we going to get this information? How are we going to be applying it? Who do we need as stakeholders to help do it? And I think process a lot of times is where this gets a little clunky in healthcare, right? We're big mm. organizations. We have lots of different parts that of the organizations that may or may not be working together. Sometimes you find that somebody else in the organization is solving the same problem that you're doing. So how do you really outline a clear process from where you are today to where you want to be? And then the third, the, the VP piece of it is vision. So what is the opportunity? If we do this successfully, what will we be able to say? How will this be differentiating for us? What will it mean in terms of the experience for our patients and our team members? And so I would say that somebody who's looking to make change in an organization could think about it that way, right? What is the conversation you have to do to educate people about What's broken and how this may be a remedy for it? How do you start to think about process and who are the stakeholders you need to have at the table to outline that and pull that together? And what is that vision? How does it align with the strategic goals or the business goals for your organization? And when you can do that, at least you have the foundation for advancing the conversation.
0: I like having a heuristic like that. Oh, is it satisfaction, process, and vision?
1: Yep. Well, and it may help you identify what the barriers really are, right? Like, is the barrier the fact that people think that everything's fine, and you need to be able to use data or insights to help illustrate the opportunity or the challenges you're facing? Is it that it feels like such a big problem? Because to, I'll be honest, I think especially because in a lot, a lot of times in healthcare, things have been done the same way for a while. And so how, you know, change can feel scary. So how are we thinking about that process and how are we bringing in those outside perspectives that can help us think about it? And some of it is like, why does it really matter? And I mean, I think everybody says that they want to be patient-centric or consumer-centric, but what does that mean for us? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you at Henry Ford Health? Or what does that mean for you within your organization? And I think being really clear about that opportunity and making sure it is aligned with the strategic and business objectives, because it may not be, right, at this point. And so figuring out when is the right time to have this conversation, who are the key stakeholders you have to have at the table, is really, really important.
0: Well, thank you for outlining that so clearly and being really transparent. about what's been working for Henry Ford Health. For the folks listening that want to hear more from you and and, uh, I guess follow you on social what's the best place for people to find you I'm
1: on LinkedIn so it's Heather Geisler I think I'm H Geisler G-E-I-S-L-E-R on LinkedIn so that's probably the best place I'm happy to connect I love building my network and I love you know the opportunity to network with other people in healthcare like I am new still so you (laughs) know I mean two years in I feel like I am constantly learning from people who have a greater depth of experience and insights in healthcare than I do Um, but I'm certainly happy and eager and excited to share the perspectives I have from outside healthcare with, other, with my colleagues and other team members.
0: All right, well, big thank you. And yeah, everybody go out and give a follow-up. like, if we want to listen to these outside of healthcare perspectives, uh, get them all, they're hot off the press. <laughs> so again, thank you for hanging out with us for yeah. a while. And uh, I guess until we see you next time, hello. Thanks again for tuning into Hello Healthcare. If you like what you heard, we appreciate a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You and your feedback fuel us. This conversation is brought to you by Actium Health. To get the latest on what these healthcare leaders are saying, find us at hellohealthcare.com and subscribe. Thank you. And when we see you next time,
1: hello.